This is Umsteigermöglichkeiten. The Berlin Dating Shit Show. Struggle. Oh, we're not bitter. It's fine. <laughs> We're your hosts, Anna Marie, a queer journalist and feminist activist from California, and Marta, a queer Londoner studying and working in Berlin. Let's get on with the show. On this week's episode, we're going to hear from some lovely callers. And we've got a special treat for you with a poem by local poet and teacher Demi Anter. And we just want to say... Some of the language we use is maybe not suitable for non-adult humans. We're not talking about any overly sensitive topics in this week's episode, though, so it no. should be suitable for most listeners that are okay with foul language. Right. Not not like my mom. She uh, called me out on that. Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Tina. Cheers again. Cheers to you. I have this time, because we're recording on a Sunday, I have a mug. It's 1 p.m. on a Sunday. I have a mug with water in it instead of a wine glass. Shut but up. Don't, we're living a lie. It's all about the vibe. <laughs> no, we're, we're constant alcoholics, everyone. I promise we drink at 12. <laughs> My liver is destroyed. <laughs> anyway, we wanted to start with saying a huge thanks to everyone who listened to our first episode mm. and the amazing feedback we got. We, I think we're both pretty overwhelmed by this. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I People that I haven't spoken to for years reached out and it, it was great. I mean, I appreciated every single person, especially the people that told me that I have a good podcast voice. That was that was pretty special for me. But also the people who uh, who felt that it resonated with them and um, and had a lot of really interesting thoughts about the episode. So thank you so much if you listened and if you liked it. And even if you didn't she doesn't, like she it. She doesn't care about that. She just wants to have everyone tell her how good she sounds. <laughs> for the record, I was the first. I told her nonstop, you have a great podcast voice. Mm-hmm. She didn't believe me, but... Here we are. And then Marie was right. Okay. You want me to say it like that on national on international radio? That's right. And then Marie was right. I love my moments of glory. <laughs> I, I found you. <laughs> you made me. <laughs> but yeah, it's been really great. And some people did ask about the name, Schweigermöglichkeiten. And so of course we apologize to the non- native German speakers or those who don't speak German at all, that it might be a bit difficult to figure out how to spell it if you're typing it into Google. Mm-hmm. But it sounds great, right? Come on. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> it's one of those amazing, super long German words yeah. that doesn't have a doesn't have a translatable word in English. But um, to kind of explain why we picked it, it, we're trying to capture the kind of transient nature of dating in Berlin, as I hope that you will find out over the coming episodes. And in German, Umsteigermöglichkeiten is the word that they use when you're on a, on a train and you're coming into the platform and then the announcer will say, ah, Sie haben Umsteigermöglichkeiten in die S1 or whatever. It means you have the opportunity to transfer trains. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's like transferring in a giant terminal. What possibilities do you have to transfer? Those are your Umsteigermöglichkeiten. It's Umsteigen is transfer and Möglichkeiten is possibility. Yeah. And when I thought about my dating experience here, 
I think even over a year ago, and I talked to Marta about starting a podcast. The, the very unifying theme seemed to be that people are, which we talked a little bit about at the end of last episode, that people are always waiting for the next thing. And this transitory nature has a lot to do with the fact that, one, there's a really young population in Berlin. I think the average age is about 40. So that's been really interesting in terms of Corona statistics, because I do believe and I have heard that that's one reason why we haven't been so hard hit by it. And additionally, it also means that a lot of young people move here. They look for a job once they get here versus in my experience, you know, you move somewhere for a job, you move somewhere for university, but then they don't know how long they're going to stay. So Mm -hmm. that translates a lot of the time to oh, I don't know if I want to be in a relationship. I don't know where this is going, which is Mm -hmm. fair, but it also leads to just a lot of disrespectful interactions and a lot of miscommunication and I guess funny stories and shit shows that we will be talking about. Absolutely. I can't wait for the episode where we are going to dissect this attitude in scathing, scathing detail and all the ways that it's ruined our... (laughs) Our lives <laughs> right now. we're fine everyone god our lives are not ruined i just <laughs> we're smiling we're happy <laughs> march has got on a very nice shade of lips of uh, not lipstick um a nice shade of nail, nail polish. polish she's painted. thriving just painted it i'm in a bathrobe so i don't know what to say about me but <laughs> what are we gonna say you look very luxurious you look like you're a spa oh um, I was going to say, speaking of how we are, I mean, we recorded that last episode over a month ago, and then it just took us a long time to edit it. Well, but we recorded that over a month ago. So how, how have you been since then? Do you want to give us an update about your my, my dating your life? life mm. dating yeah. Um, it has... You're actually getting ready for a date right now. I am actually getting ready for a date, which is why... I'm in a bathrobe and my hair is up in a towel because, of course, I'm never ready on time. But it's okay. The last time I met this person, I've gone out once with them. We get on pretty well. We just don't talk so regularly. So the other person I was talking to at the same time, for a while, we had that very intense talking every day about all sorts of things, you know, starting in the morning, going all the way to the evening, and then rinse and repeat the next day. And that, I think that conversation or that interaction with that person kind of peaked. Yeah. It seemed like, I think think it's fair to say that it fizzled out for both of us. Um, And maybe that has something to do with the fact that we did talk so much in such a short amount of time before we met. Yeah, I don't really know what happened, but I I think it was a mutual fizzling. Mm-hmm. I think it's an unsus- maybe an unsustainable level of communication. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the time, and then you, especially, you kind of run out of things to talk about. But the person I'm going to meet today, they're very nice, and we had a couple like miscommunications about when we were going to meet. So I kind of called them out and was like, "Look, I just need a heads up if we're not going to meet, because I'm not the type of person who is going to chase someone to, you know, remind them, hey, we had plans." You know, hey, we said we might meet up this weekend. You haven't texted me back. Now let me text you again. Like that, I just find, you know, fuck that. Let's, no, let's be on the same page. Um, Let's both be excited to see each other. Because if we're not, you know, if you don't want to see me, you don't want to see me. If you do, you do. It's pretty easy. I think so. 
but they did respond and they did say <laughs> that they want to see me. So I'm meeting up with them. <laughs> yeah. And Marta, you had a bit more going on. Well, I, uh, I'm i still uh, seeing that person that I talked about in the first uh, first episode. It's going nicely. We see each other. I haven't seen each other for about two weeks now, but I am. I'm seeing him tomorrow. So. Well, what's the status? Like, are you guys... Because you've known each other now for, what, a couple of months? Like, are you exclusive? Like, um, Yeah, so we're still not exclusive. Um, we're both kind of... I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's he's going on other dates. I've also been on... I've been on two other dates um, with two other people, um, both of which were not very romantic and I didn't see them again. Because I... I strangely enough didn't you know really date before this corona thing and now i've started dating more during this corona thing um felt i feel actually a lot more empowered now having been on those dates and been like okay well they didn't go great but it was fine they didn't go badly that wasn't like dangerous or upsetting and now i actually feel way more confident uh, when i'm on bumble to like yesterday there was this guy who was like oh, i'm so bad at using this app and i was like okay so let's just go for a drink then and i was like who is this new mata she's ready to go for a drink with anybody because i've realized that if it doesn't go well then fine fuck it who cares yeah actually one of the dates that i went on though i mentioned the podcast and i think that may have scared him off so yeah i've actually i noticed one of the people that i mentioned it to on bumble I told them what the name was. <laughs> and then my last message was like, well, if I never hear from you again, I know you hated it. And um, I did not hear from them again. All right. So that's fine. <laughs> we'll probably tank, our, tank our, our chances of ever finding love by doing this. But you know what? It'll be a great, great podcast. And nobody needs a stable relationship that's or right. a family when you have a podcast. <laughs> It's all about the pod. I hope you're happy, listeners. We're sacrificing everything for you. Anyway, I just want to respond, though, because I do think, I want to say, that's really, really cool for you. And I'm proud of you because I think it's really difficult to start dating. I think a, a lot of our friends and a lot of people I've spoken to, that's the hardest part. It's like they're like, no, I don't want to go on Bumble. I don't, oh, what do I say? What do I do? And then as soon as you have like two, three done, it's so much easier. It's just it's right. like get in a groove. That's true. You do you get in a groove. I I feel like I understand. You know, people say it's a numbers game. It is a numbers game. It's a game. It's like yeah. and not that I treat these people as disposable. Like I give everybody a chance and an open mind when I go on the date and I enjoy them generally. Hmm. Um, but it's like you know, hello, you're cool. I'm cool. We're attracted to each other. Let's go on a date. See if it's there in real life. If it's not, it was nice to meet you. Hope you have a great life. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think that is one thing I've learned in Berlin that you have to have an element of not taking anything personally. Mm -hmm. And I think my my skin has gotten quite a bit thicker because exactly that. It's a numbers game. You need to just, and I've told that to so many friends and I hate myself when I hear those words come out of my mouth. I hate saying it's a numbers game, but it is. It's like as many people as you meet, you're just increasing your chances that you're going to find a person that you get along with with and you click well and you have all the right chemistry and then hopefully they're not like oh I need to find myself sorry bye (laughs) right (laughs) not bitter but no I think that's awesome so another cheers to that thank you so much cheers hopefully it's going to go well for me in the future I'll keep you updated on this very podcast that we have
Just another, another note about last week's episode. Um, we did want to address the fact that we are being very cautious in Corona times about the spread of Corona. We're not running around tonguing people willy nilly. And we are overall responsible people. Yeah, I would like to clarify that these dates that I've been on, I didn't snog them. Like, I kept six feet apart from these people. That may or may not have contributed to the overly friendly nature of these dates. Who's to say whether or not that's true? Mm. But, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not testing the the flavor of their saliva as part of my (laughs) screening process. (laughs) You know what? That's what I do when I go on a date. I'm like, let me, I think we're not a match. I did not like the taste of your saliva. (laughs) Some people's saliva tastes bad. Oh, like smoke. You ever had someone kiss you and then you can smell their spit on your mouth? Yeah. Oh, gross. That always reminds me of this guy who was 16 when I was 13. Really problematic, like, setup anyway, because he mm-hmm. wanted to keep our dalliance a secret. <laughs> That's always a good sign. Yeah. And he kissed me with so much spit that it was literally just like spit coming into my mouth. I don't even know Ooh. what it was, like, oh. what else was going on. I just remember full impact, full impact spit. And like afterwards, I was like, oh God, do I swallow this? And I was like, you know, the younger, not as experienced person in the dynamic. So I was like, oh my God, if this is kissing, I don't like it. All right, so let's meet our guests for today and find out what their coronavirus dating situations have been like. Hi, I'm Bella, I'm 21. I'd met the guy that I'm seeing now before the coronavirus crisis pandemic sort of started, but our talking stage, like the beginning of us, I think really seriously considering each other in a romantic sense, directly coincided with the start of social distancing and lockdown. So most of this has been online. Hi, my name is Cassandra, and during the quarantine lockdown, I have been living with my boyfriend. We've been together for almost two years now. Um, we've actually, we were living together before the corona situation. We moved in together around November. Uh, since the lockdown, I've been working from home full-time, and my partner has also been at home full-time working on his master's thesis. We haven't really left the apartment besides to get groceries. My name is Katie, I'm 23. My COVID lockdown situation is that I met this guy on an app called Kinked and we scheduled our first date for end of March, but obviously that never happened because of lockdown. But then a few, kind of a week later, he texts me and we've been texting back and forth since then. And since then, we've also established kind of a virtual BDSM dynamic wherein he'll set me certain tasks, for example, and I will complete them and like you know show some kind of evidence of that i'm also texting his girlfriend because they're polyamorous and she's also a dom so we're having fun with that next they're going to tell us about what's been hard about their corona dating situation we waited until the government relaxed its 
restrictions and allowed you to see one person outside of your household to see each other in person socially distant from two meters away and it was really nerve-wracking because normally that first proper date is a quite a low stakes let's get to know each other see if we vibe sort of situation but at this point we'd been talking every day for about two months which meant it felt really high pressure luckily when we've started seeing each other from a distance in person it's been really relaxed and I feel like now the main issue is that we know we really care about each other and we can't see each other as much as we'd like. I would say just in general space and being around each other all the time the first few weeks I think we had trouble communicating and so kind of like the tension built up the first week and finally we were just like hey, like we need a day to ourselves. And I think since then, it's been really good because we've been able to, you know, just express when we want some alone time. Um, But some other things also come up, like I tend to be more quiet and, you know, my partner is Italian, so he's a bit louder and he plays video games. So he gets very passionate and loud and I'm over here working. So it's kind of, it's hard to navigate those circumstantial things. Thing that's hard about this situation in terms of it being during lockdown is obviously it's a bit weird having never met either of them to be doing quite like sexually intimate things with them and being quite vulnerable because I think as a sub that's kind of part of the deal that you that you have to be quite vulnerable in these encounters and also it's quite hard to have never met them before because and still be doing this because it's really hard to judge tone over messages even in voice notes with someone that you've never met before because you don't know what they're really like in real life. The people that we interviewed also had ideas about how this might affect their relationship going forwards. It's scary because this relationship has never been tested in the way that most fledgling relationships are tested. We've never had very much to consider whether we would prioritise this relationship over and I don't necessarily even mean other people. In some ways I mean things like other activities other things to do i imagine as we come out of lockdown we're going to come to the realization that both of us lead busier more fulfilling lives outside of each other and it's going to be interesting to see how this relationship fares alongside these things because at the moment it's been quite the focus of everything going on for both of us apart from studies honestly i think it's going to positively impact our future i think we have learned a lot about communication and just like working as a team also the situation has got me thinking a lot more about the future just in general so I think in that sense it would impact our future as far as like careers and goals and ambitions and it's given us a lot of time to think and kind of evaluate where we see ourselves in our career and yeah so hopefully it'll be positive I actually think going forward this is probably going to have a relatively positive impact on the relationship unless we meet up and there's no real life chemistry but I feel like that's relatively unlikely at this point but I think it's actually provided a really solid base for the relationship especially because with all the BDSM negotiation stuff we've gone into loads of depth and we're able to explore boundaries in a way that feels really really safe because it's like well I'm actually home alone even though I'm doing these things for someone else so yeah I think it's like quite a solid foundation um, because it's forced us to look really closely at those things. Wow, those are some great stories. We have some rad outreach, I just want to say. Yeah, we do. Our listeners, they're golden. 
And they're also, thankfully, oversharers. That's what I love about, you oh, know. We need more. Please, people, tell us your dirtiest, darkest secrets. Yeah. This podcast is like the rise of the oversharers. We will take over the world. We will. With our incredible stories. That needs to happen. I mean, if there's any more appropriate time, it's, it's now, everyone. But yeah, I can imagine how tough it would be to, I mean, I'm not in a relationship and I've never lived with a partner. So mm-hmm. I already kind of always am a bit phobic of the, <laughs> that idea. <laughs> but it sounded like, uh, it sounded like Cassandra was doing pretty well, actually, at, at balancing that situation, which I imagine can't be easy. I mean, even if you love someone, you're not supposed to spend 24 hours a day with them. Right. With anyone. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that they uh, still see a future for themselves, uh, even during this situation. And actually, I think all of the people that we heard from see a good future for their corona relationship. Yeah, it's true. It is kind of amazing that it's testing relationships in this way, the the Rona. Mm-hmm. I think Bella's story, for example, really it goes back to what Ellie, what we talked about with Ellie, where we said, you know, what is it going to be like in the real world? Like, how are these relationships going to translate into the real world? And I wish Bella and her new uh, beau all the best, actually, in their transition towards... It's a question that I also ask myself with the people, you know, with, with the people that I've dated during Corona. It's like, what happens when I have to go back to my job, like, three days a week or go back to campus two, three days a week and, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a more real level of honesty yeah. with which we're connecting right yeah. now. And... One thing that my mom said, Walls, talk about her all the time. She'll be brought up on the pod. (laughs) Shout out to her. Never as a guest. (laughs) But she did say um, something to the extent of, you might be just learning about this person more quickly. And that's Mm -hmm. why things are fizzling, like in my case, because you're realizing that you maybe aren't clicking quicker without the physical contact. If you had had sex, you wouldn't notice that you don't like these traits. Maybe you already have a mental psychological connection, but it hasn't been fully explored. You haven't teased out every element of what you like about this person and what you don't. And then you build the physical part. And then at some point, you know, months, maybe years down the line, you realize, oh, my God, this person smacks when they eat and I want to murder them. It's true. Not that I am saying don't sleep with people because um, you should do that. And sex is great. And also there's a lot to be said about sexual communication, about what your wants Uh and desires are and your personality in the bedroom. And learning that about each other is also really important. So what the fuck am I saying? I'm full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know what you were saying. You were saying that that sometimes if you leave out the sex for a while, it can help you understand another person on a different level where you can then bring sex in later where it might cloud your judgment earlier on. I've been in those situations before where I had sex with someone, felt, felt those like sexy hormone endorphins, and then later was like actually this person is not as great as i thought they were yeah uh, also shout out to katie and her insanely interesting bdsm dynamic that she has going on oh yeah. maybe corona is gonna it seems like it's revolutionizing cyber sex and she's a pioneer in the field with her polyamorous bdsm thing that she's got going on i mean that's that's incredible 
Hell yeah. Keep doing what you're doing, Katie. Can't wait to hear where this goes. I hope I hope we get an update from her. Yeah, I'm sure she told me that she's uh, a Nova sharer and that she would love to answer more questions. So if you're listening, Katie, we loved the story and uh, you'll probably get another message from me saying, what happened? <laughs> How were they? Was there chemistry or did they smell bad? Or, you know, did <gasps> they smack when they eat? You did know, their spit taste bad? Oh my God. Do they brush their teeth? That's a, such a fundamental question. Who doesn't brush their teeth? Is that a thing? Some people, don't. people really don't do that. Some people don't do that. People, this is just a public service announcement. If you are trying to date anyone or tongue anyone, brush your goddamn teeth. Although maybe if the other person also doesn't brush their teeth, then they're made for each other. Thank you for the voice notes, our lovely guests. And next, I spoke to the lovely and amazing Demi Anter. She's a local teacher and spoken word artist. I first saw her doing some spoken word at a comedy show put on by a mutual friend of Marta and I and she is presenting a poem that she wrote that has to do with how corona fucks with your dreams and how dating can do likewise and welcome to Umsteigemöglichkeiten. Hey thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to hear the poem that you've written what kind what was like the inspiration and or like the headspace that you were in for this piece i had been having all of these like batshit crazy dreams since the lockdown started which i think is quite common i think a lot of people have had that situation mm -hmm. and so i decided to put them all together in a poem and as you will hear, a lot of them had to do with Bumble and dating apps and technology and uh, the feeling of, yeah, sort of connecting with people, but not actually getting to connect with them and only maybe having them pop up in your dreams during this time. So that's where I thought it might be appropriate for <laughs> the podcast. Uh, that's true, though. Dreams have been out of control during corona i think mm -hmm. for everyone <laughs> yeah i think everybody's been having just like extremely vivid dreams and i think it tends to be too that um if you're not sleeping well you actually kind of not that you dream more but you're in this state where you are more conscious of the dreams more often and so you like maybe wake up more and you're more aware of them throughout the night mm. so i think it also comes from that all right it doesn't really have a title yet but I'll just, I'm just calling it, I have a dream for now. I have a dream. The guy on Bumble offers to bring me wine. A bottle of red left on my doorstep, but I get one better. The second guy offers pizza. I cancel the wine. And when the second shows up, he is red-faced and bloated, not at all like his pictures. And this part is the worst. He wants to eat with me. So I find myself marching up flights to the flat, cursing how to shake him off, eat my pizza in peace. I have a dream. The guy on Bumble and I finally meet, more like a hangout than a date. His friends flood my house and we walk the hours, finishing each other's. He leaves his ID at my house. It means he'll have to see me again. When I go home, sure enough, I find his passport in the freezer, cherub-faced, frosty. I have a dream. I work for Joe Exotic, Tiger King. I accidentally agree to help him stage a coup. I wake, I'm upset. 
visions of tiger skulls dug up, bullet holes between the eyes. Ya bitch, I have a dream. I am back on Bumble, and the cherub has changed his profile photo. He's looking for better matches, but no, he assures me. Look again at the profile. I scroll. I discover the screen littered, photos of ready meal dinners. When I reach for them, I can touch and pull the food from the screen. He's trying to feed us, the women of Berlin, this boy on Bumble. I have a dream, that tonight I dream nothing. Wear my head out worrying, lay it thickly down. Lids lowered, shove somewhere between Berlin and Bermuda Triangle, LA and Atlantis, iPhone 6 and Matrix. Soft like a bee, dangerous. I buzz around an empty room, then between two panes of glass. The brain bumps against the outside world. Look, I'm here, I'm here, I said. I'm allowed on walks now, but an invisible lead pulls me home. Invisible border runs along the spray, so I won't reach Neukölln anytime soon. And I wonder why I don't feel moonstruck, if any boys will really bring me pizza, if the future is as exotic as it seems, or maybe it's also just a dream. Thank you so much for listening to our second episode of Umsteigermöglichkeiten, the Berlin dating shit show, struggle, whatever you want to call it. And we're looking forward to having you back for episode three. Stay safe and download Bumble, maybe. Oh, we're not advertising Bumble. Fuck that. They can pay us. Not, hashtag not spawn. I'm going to beep it out. <laughs> download. <laughs> oh, yeah. And please get in touch with us. If you have a story about dating in Berlin that you think should be featured, if you have a particularly pod-worthy corona dating story, we want to hear it. If you want to tell me how good my podcast voice is, if you have any critique um, or negative feedback, you are welcome Don't. to write it down on the postcard <laughs> and burn it. <laughs> or you know what? Better yet. Post it in the German postal system because we will never receive it. <laughs> never, ever, ever get it. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Wiedersehen. Tschüssi. Fuck, oh, hell. I have so much sweat. I literally, I just a slippery yeah. deal. Like... This is still recording. I'm recording. You're saying, how's it going? Okay. Oh, 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 oh.